0: Hey, thanks for checking out today's episode. Before we jump in, if you'd like even more freelancing secrets completely free, be sure to head on over to learnwithjohn.com and jump on my freelance secrets newsletter because I regularly share secrets for getting more clients and building a thriving freelance business gleaned from my nearly two decades as a freelancer. So if you want to shortcut the time it takes you to go freelance full time and get the lifestyle you're after, you won't want to miss those secrets. You can get that newsletter by going to learnwithjohn.com. Again, that's learnwithjohn.com. Now, on to the episode. I always find this thing kind of funny. This guy came up to me in the grocery store the other day and he was like, Hey man, you know, I could tell you work out a bunch and I'm, I'm trying to bulk up. You mind if I get your phone number and I text you about it? Which probably sounds creepy and weird. But I live in a really small town where everybody kind of knows each other. And I talked to him several times in the store. It wasn't like we were friends or hung out or anything. But we had talked before. So it wasn't all that weird. Anyway, I told him sure. And then I gave him my number. We exchanged numbers. And later that evening, he texted me some stuff. And I text him back what I thought. And you know what to do. And what I do. And that sort of thing. Just kind of giving him advice based off our conversation. And... It was pretty obvious right away that it wasn't what he wanted to hear because he now doesn't text me anymore and I've been to the grocery store a few times and he just kind of avoids me (laughs) and doesn't talk to me or anything like that. And I wasn't mean or anything, but I just sort of told him what he needed to do and he didn't want to hear it. It wasn't what he in his mind imagined the answer would be. And it always kind of cracks me up how people will see someone achieving something but then have their own version of how they did it, how they want it to be, not how it actually is. And I sort of get this from time to time with freelancers too. You know, Sometimes people hop on a list like this or watch a YouTube video or subscribe or whatever, and they'll message and ask for advice. And then when you give them the answer, they'll argue when you tell them what to do. I just kind of find it hilarious. (laughs) Anyway, I bring it up because I bet that some of you are doing that right now or are kind of thinking those things right now with all the stuff that we've been going through I can almost guarantee there's some people that are like oh that doesn't matter that's dumb that's not right etc 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 and it's oftentimes from people who haven't actually done it um or who are struggling to get their free, freelance business off the ground yet sort of in their head have convinced themselves that they already know what the answer is when obviously we all know you can look at it objectively they don't so it sort of reminds me of something one of my students once said a review that he left he said all the things which he says meaning me and in, in my courses they seem to be minute but they have a very great impact on your freelancing career and i think that's really relevant to what we're talking about right now because if you look at it we probably went through 30 to 40 individual secrets or items, action items this far. So individual items that you could change about what you're doing in your freelance business to get more results. And by the time that we're done with this first iteration that we're going through right now, because this, by the way, this is just the first iteration of secrets that I'm sharing, what I would kind of consider the basics. So this is the basic level iteration. And we will be iterating back through several times with more advanced stuff. And But by the time we get through this basic level, this first iteration, we'll probably have hit 150 to 200 uh, different individual action items that you can use to get more results in your freelance business. And if you just keep going, if you just keep saying, oh, that doesn't matter, that won't help, this isn't important, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you're really missing the point. It's what John Wooden said, if you remember back to that episode, little things make the big things happen. So it's the collection of those 150 to 200 individual items added together That makes the impact. It's not each item on its own necessarily. They're all just little individual items that can have a little impact, but it's when you add them all together, that's when the big thing things happen. So it's just like seeing my student from before said, you know, it's all of these minute things that add up. But so many people are looking for, you know, that one weird trick that magically brings them everything they want instantly with no work. And I'm 100% referring to myself to when I was younger, I 100% had this mindset and would do the same thing. And so that's why I'm cautioning you against it. Because I know it's not real. I know it doesn't work. But it's what I call the lottery mindset. A lot of people are trying to hit the lottery with their business. And it just doesn't work that way. You have to start putting in the work, implement each item one by one. And that is where the magic happens. So Anyway, just a little rant to kick things off today. Today what I really wanted to talk about or what we're actually going to cover is your delivery. And as I said yesterday, you know, I don't know what service you actually provide unless you're a WordPress developer <laughs> building membership sites, then I knew I do, but outside of that, I probably don't know what service you're providing and I probably don't even know how to do what you're doing, etc. So, I can't get ultra specific with your delivery process. That's kind of up to you. But I can cover some universal truths that I've learned over the years that speak to the client experience and help you create a, what I call a wow service, a remarkable service that causes clients to say, wow. And then that leads to them just naturally talking about you to their friends, their colleagues, etc., spreading the good word of your business and wanting to hire you again and again, you getting tons of word of mouth and referrals and so forth, which is really the secret to, to all of this. So... Again, there are some universal truths that you can implement, some universal ideas, uh, universal secrets that you can implement no matter what you do that will help you to create that kind of experience for your clients. Now, as always, this is not an exhaustive list, and I recommend you come up with your own ideas, you use your own intuition, but there's seven key factors that I've found towards creating a remarkable experience. So control, trust, accountability, truth, wisdom, speed, and communication. Now, as you might guess, this is also covered in great detail in my Beginner's Guide to Freelance course. Now, for posterity's sake, here's another review that I received recently on that course, said really helpful, Throughout the course, I felt both inspired and empowered to begin and ultimately succeed at freelancing. Thank you. This is life-changing for someone who has a lot to offer, but had no clue at all how to go about beginning as a freelancer. And that's really the idea is taking people who have a skill that might be you, you have a skill, you've learned web development, you've learned graphic design, you've learned writing, you've learned social media, you've put in the work to figure all that stuff out But now it's time for you to start doing it and marketing yourself as a freelancer. I want to give you those skills. That's what I know. So that's the idea here is to take people who have a skill like that and then show them how to turn it into a business that you own, not working for someone else. You own it. And so it brings you the lifestyle that you want. Instead of you selling that skill off to some company who doesn't really appreciate you and you're making all their dreams come true not yours that's the idea here anyway that course is included in the extended free trial of skillshare that you get when you use my referral link again i'll drop a link in the description that will take you to a page that explains more about that whole thing or you can just go to myjohnus slash skillshare to learn more about the whole skillshare thing all right that said let's run through each one of these items that i mentioned then so the first one was control and if you're an M- mma fan you'll have likely heard the phrase octagon control so it's it's about how much one fighter controls the ring. And it's an official measure that judges use to score a fight. So this sort of underscores a bit the value of control that we as humans sort of value this idea. And what I mean by control for freelancers really boils down to leadership. So it comes down to, are you constantly asking your client to lead you and tell you what to do? Or are you the expert guiding them? And Clients generally prefer the latter. You'll run into a few that are control freaks and they don't. But for the most part, clients, they want to be guided because they don't know what they're doing when it comes to your service. If you're a web developer, they likely don't know web development or they don't know graphic design. They're not a great writer. That's why they hired you in the first place. And so freelancers who are good leaders will always make more than those who aren't, even if the talent and the ultimate ultimate end product that you deliver is the same. It's not just about the end result, it's about how you get there. And being a good leader is way more valuable to clients and it creates a more valuable client experience than not. So control slash leadership is something that's really important when it comes to how you work with your clients. That doesn't mean you're just obnoxious and you're just telling them what to do all the time and you're not listening to them and so forth, But you're positioning yourself as the expert, as the mentor, as the guide who's taking them through this process. And you kind of know generally what needs to be done. You're not just constantly asking them what they want. That gets annoying to clients. I've hired people on sites like Fiverr and Upwork and so forth before. And it's really annoying when they're just constantly asking me what I want. I'm like, no, you're the expert, you tell me. That's the idea here. Now, and this this sort of brings us into our second item here. Of course, a client isn't going to give you that control and follow your lead unless they trust you. So that's the second item, trust. Now that somewhat comes down to how you market yourself and how much authority you establish before they hire you. But it also comes down to how you behave after they hire you. And control is part of that. Accountability, truth, wisdom, communication, all the things that we're going to talk about here feed into trust. But just know that if a client is kind of wigging out or misbehaving or treating you like garbage or doing all these weird things that you don't understand, in almost every case, it's a trust issue. There's something going on with trust and that's where you want to start looking. The third thing then is accountability. So part of building trust is being accountable and that means holding yourself accountable primarily and also being willing to hold them accountable when appropriate. So yes, part of it is being reliable, doing what you say you're going to do, getting things done on time, being proactive and so on. But it's also about taking responsibility when there is a mistake, not making excuses or deflecting blame, owning it, making it right and fixing whatever caused it. The more a client sees you holding yourself accountable, the more they're going to trust you because they'll see that you're on it and they don't have to do it. It's not now on their plate to hold you accountable you're doing it yourself, and that helps to breed trust. Fourth, then, is truth. So, again, another big part of trust is truth, and that is you being willing to tell them the truth even when it's uncomfortable. And so many of these CEOs and business owners, or depending on what you're doing, the heads of these organizations, they're surrounded by yes-men and women, people who tell them that what they want to hear in order to keep their job. And after a while... They begin to realize that and distrust what they're being told. So if you're someone who will tell them the truth, tell them no, when it's appropriate, they'll begin to trust you and your opinions and they'll begin to lean on you. In fact, many of the clients that I've worked with, I slowly became a kind of trusted advisor to them, to their, their business as a whole. And it wasn't because I was a genius that just had all the answers. It was because I was willing to be honest and tell them the truth. So Being willing to tell them that truth is really, really important. Be tactful, but also be honest. Now, again, you will have some clients who don't like that, who rebel against that kind of thing and don't want to be told the the truth, et cetera. And that's probably a good indicator to you that you should maybe move on from that client because they're just going to be a pain in the butt to work with. You can make that decision, but when you start telling the truth, you'll quickly find out who are the people who will listen and are good leaders and the people who aren't and will be obnoxious and you know try and <laughs> say mean things about you or knock you down or whatever. So again, it's a good way to find out what kind of client you're working with as well. All right, number five is wisdom. So as I kind of have alluded to before, you are the expert. You know what you do better than your client. And as you grow in your career, you're going to gain a ton of experience faster than pretty much any client ever could. And I know my case, I've worked on seven-figure product launches. I've helped save dying businesses. I've worked with tech companies, fitness coaches, new age hippie type business. I even consulted with a cannabis company, which is a kind of a new thing. So I could write a book about all the things that I've seen and done uh, in my career. And your client just can't compete with that from an experience perspective. It's going to happen very quickly with you As well, And what will happen is you will have, or you will start to have this intuition that's been built up over the years of doing what you do and some of the issues around it and some of the ideas and what should happen and so forth. You're just going to have this intuition, this wisdom about all of this. Share that. Don't be afraid to tell them if you think something is a bad idea and to then guide them in the right direction. That's what you're there for. Now, they might resist at first, but once they start to see you're right or if you can eloquently explain why, if you have good reasons, why you feel the way that you feel about something, they'll start to listen more and they'll start to value that wisdom because again, they're surrounded by typically a lot of yes people, so someone who's willing to tell them the truth and share their wisdom and insight they'll they'll really start to value that in fact, when I worked with ink magazine, that's what they said about working with me. It wasn't. Talent, or I was a dope programmer, or any of that. It was my work, and this is to quote, my work and wisdom on this project has been exceptional. That's what they talked about the wisdom. So clients really do value that kind of thing. All right, number six is speed. So this kind of goes back to our offer discussion. We have the dream outcome, we have the probability of success, we have time delay, and we have t- time and effort. Cost, those are the four factors that we look at when creating a superior solution. Well, of those, for most client work, the dream outcome and the time delay are the ones that matter most. And that's because the probability of success uh, and time and effort, those are kind of baked into the service. Hiring an expert is about pushing that probability of success to virtually 100% and the time and effort cost to virtually zero because you're doing all the work for them and you're an expert. So that's why they hire an expert. So how good you are determines the dream outcome, which is that first remaining factor. Now I can't really speak to that because I don't know what you do, but I'm assuming that you're good at what you do, or if you're not, you're working on it or you're constantly trying to get better. And really that's ultimately about talent, training, et cetera. That's really on you. That's your core skill. That's up to you to kind of figure out. So what I can help you with then is the time delay and that's what speed is really talking about the faster you can deliver a high quality outcome the more valuable your service will be now again that might seem seem obvious but i find a lot of freelancers don't necessarily pay the proper place the proper emphasis on it They're really a lot of freelancers tend to focus just on the outcome and the skill, like a lot of businesses, like we talked all about with the offer. Everybody's hyping up the dream outcome and they're not thinking about these other factors. Well, speed or the time delay is one of those factors. And what I've found in my experience is it's one of the simplest ways to generate a wow from a client. You know, getting a client that'll say, I can't believe you got that done that fast. It just blows people away when you're able to do what takes others a long time or what's, what seems complicated to do it really, really fast and yet still do it at a really high level of quality. So it's the easiest way to generate word of mouth. So constantly be thinking about how you can deliver the same quality service faster. Now, one trick I've learned with this is what I would call expectation management. So I would always tell clients that my bills builds would take a month and that was pretty common in my niche. So I picked that number because that was typically if you hired anybody else in my niche, that's what they would tell you is about a month. I knew it wasn't going to take me that long, but that's what I would tell clients that it was a month bill because it just kind of fit in with everything else. So it wasn't anything that sounded crazy to them and they'd be like, "Oh, okay, you know, that's kind of standard." But I've been doing this for so long that I can usually knock out a membership site, I mean, depending on the complexity, but kind of a standard build of a membership site I can usually knock it out in a week, probably a couple days really, if I just grind on it um, and spend you know, all of my days, my work days, just working on that one project. So I can get them done pretty quick, but I would tell them a month. Then I would finish in a week and I would then chill for a week, do something else, maybe work on another project or just not do anything, et cetera. Kind of give them, and then also kind of give myself that extra week in case something did come up. And then after those, so that would be two weeks. I would tell them that I was done. So I would get it actually done in two weeks, even though I told them a month and they would be ecstatic. Now, had I told them two weeks from the start, it would just kind of look like I delivered on time. Cool. Appreciate it. But it's really nothing to rave about. Tell them a month, but then finish in two weeks you're going to get the, oh my God, you're amazing response. And I would get that all the time. How did you do that so fast? I can't believe that, et cetera. And people would be over the moon about it because they're actually expecting it to take longer. They're expecting it to take a month and then it take a month and a half or be told a month and then it take a month and a half or two months because that's typically the experience uh, a client's going to have in at least in my niche. So tell them a month and finish faster, it's like, it blows them away. So that's one way that you can use expectation management to create the illusion of speed. So, and that, and trigger that, wow, you're amazing type response. So that's speed. Number seven then is communication. And really this is about proactive communication. The number one thing that will kill the client experience is if they have to drag updates uh, about their project out of you and I, I can tell you uh, I had an experience this is many years ago, early on in my career. I had an experience with a client where we had a disagreement over something, and I got upset and unfortunately, this isn't anything you should ever do, but I got upset and I just I just left the meeting. I didn't say anything. I just left the meeting because I was really upset, and it happened to be on a Friday. They messaged me several times on Friday and didn't respond. I didn't respond over the weekend when they messaged me and come back Monday. He was basically at the point where he was willing, he was ready to get rid of me. Now we actually talked it through and worked things out and I apologize and all of that, but of all the things that happened with that client over the years that I worked with them, that was the one thing that was a no-go. That was the one thing that got to the point where they were ready to move on and hire somebody else because communication is that important. It's by far the thing that annoys clients most when it doesn't happen. So regular proactive communication will again, go a long way towards making them rave about you and generate word of mouth for you and all of that stuff. So that's why I said to schedule out your meetings and regular communication points as a part of your onboarding sequence or package, whatever you you end up doing there. It's that important. You want to schedule it out right away from the start and build those around, build that sequence, those meetings and so forth around natural communication points, which are points in the project where you're going to hit a key milestone or you're going to need input or whatever the case may be. Build communication around those where it's naturally going to fit for you to communicate. And then on top of that, never let it go that long without communicating with them in some sort of way. So, if I'm doing a month long project, I might have you know regular intervals where I'm communicating with them once a week. And then I might have milestone points where I need feedback or whatever. So we might do a call that's once a week. And then I might do emails where I'm saying, okay, this is done. Take a look. Let me know what you think you get feedback, input, et cetera. And so those are all natural communication points. But if I lay all that out on a calendar, on a, uh, on a month calendar, and I look, oh, here I have a gap where it's going to be like, Five days where there's no natural communication point, I don't have a regularly scheduled call, etc. I'm going to add in a point there and say, okay, let's at day three here just send an update so that they're not going five days without me saying anything to them. Because I just know from experience, going that long without communicating, they're going to get antsy and they're going to start asking questions and they're going to email me anyway. And that's going to lead to a bad client experience. So, Again, that's basically how you set this up. Regular communication, then a layer of natural communication points, and then you look at that and you find any gaps where there's a, an extended period of time that they're going to go without communication and you fill those in. And it can be as simple as a short email that lets them know that you're still there. Hey, I'm still alive, just working on this, et cetera. So it doesn't have to be super complicated. doesn't have to necessarily be a call. doesn't have to be some long email or anything like that. It could just be something simple But that communication and you doing it proactively, not in response to them asking you, goes a long way towards the client experience. And the more you communicate and keep them in the loop, the less less antsy they'll get, the less you'll get those 10 p.m. on a Sunday night emails and uh, all the drama and anxious and, and that sort of thing. And the happier client will be, the more word of mouth you'll get and so on. So, That's communication, and that is a lot, I know. But again, that's just more individual action items you can begin implementing to get you referrals, repeat business, and word of mouth that will cause your freelance business to grow. Because ultimately, in any service business, word of mouth is the name of the game. A lot, especially high-end clients, they do all of their service hiring almost primarily through word of mouth from their colleagues. Because they just don't trust anyone else. So really to get into that arena, word of mouth is, is what you need to do. And then word of mouth just helps you to have clients showing up, you know, and you're not necessarily doing a, any marketing to get those people. It's all based off referrals and word of mouth. And the businesses that win in, in service businesses, in the service industry, they're the ones that create word of mouth. And the businesses who lose are the ones that don't. It really is that simple. Now that said, now that we've got your delivery in place and it's a wow generating delivery, it's a remarkable delivery, a remarkable experience. Next, we'll talk about how to proactively generate that word of mouth because we don't want to leave anything to chance. We've created an experience that gets them to the point where they feel like talking about it. Now I'm gonna show you a number of way, different ways to subtly and maybe not so subtly encourage and suggest to your clients that they send you referrals and repeat business. So, planting that seed that then, now when they're at that point where they're like, wow, this is amazing, that seed's been planted about how they can go about sending you referrals. So, that's what we're gonna talk about next. And of course, if you wanna fast forward all of this and get even more secrets to help you grow your freelance business, even more action items that you can ha- implement to help you get more results then I recommend taking advantage of that extended free trial of Skillshare that you get with my referral link and taking my Beginner's Guide to Freelance course. And really all my freelance courses over there, there's a dozen or more freelance courses over there, just digging into all of those and viewing them this same way. Individual action items that you can implement to help you get more results in your business. And ultimately the point of the Beginner's Guide to Freelance course is to help you shortcut that first year learning curve that all freelancers go through usually go through a bunch of frustrating trial and error and a lot of people even giving up and so forth you can just eliminate all of that and kind of get the answers to the test figure out what you need to know and how to do all of these things and and reduce the amount of time it takes to you for you to learn all of that to get to the point where you can go freelance full-time that's the idea here Anyway, you can learn more about all of that and how it all works and all of that and how to get all my courses for essentially free, uh, again, at myjohn.us slash Skillshare, and I'll drop a link in the description as well. All right, that'll do it for this episode. If you're not subscribed, I recommend doing that so you get all these episodes when they come out. And if you got value from this episode, I'd appreciate if you would share it with any other freelancers you know or online business people or business people that you think could benefit from this. I would really appreciate that. It helps me to find more freelancers and more business people who can benefit from the information that I'm sharing there. I love helping other people. I genuinely do. I've always kind of wanted to be a teacher from the time I was a kid and I enjoy doing this. I enjoy seeing people have success. So if you could help me find more of those people, I would really appreciate that. All right, that's it. We'll talk to you next time.